Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. Good morning. Good morning, beloved family. How are you? It is good, 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 good to be with you. Um, I know how could I be so cheerful in these crazy days because God is in control. Am I happy about what's happening? I am not. Um, Does the divine providence fail ever? Absolutely not. Is God allowing what's happening? It is. Uh, He does. He is. How's that? Three tries at that. Um, But just the way he allows our sin, you know, God allows our sin. It's not his will, but he's given us free will within his divine providence. He has given us free will. And um, we're really in an awful situation. And... um, and I know that much good has come from this period of coronavirus, uh, but it is not what uh, should be happening. And um, I saw an article yesterday, and we see the churches are opening uh, little by little with restrictions. And I, I do not believe the restrictions should be in place. That's I'm not alone in that. Uh, the restrictions that are being given are not moral. The the six-foot distance, the social distancing is, of course, uh, fine and important. But um, for bishops to open churches and not allow communion on the tongue is, um, uh, how do I say, it's, it's immoral. It goes against the teaching of the church um, for bishops to suggest that people that are older, uh, 65 and older, or compromised in their health in some way, do not come. Now, I I think it's good to caution those who would be more vulnerable, but the choice must be theirs. Still with social distancing, the choice must be theirs. They are the neediest group of all. So um, I want to read you an article that just uh, yesterday came out. on, uh, it's written by Diane Mont- uh, Montagna, and um, she's uh, the one that authored the book uh, Christus Vinci, uh, the um, uh, biography of, uh, somewhat autobiography, really. It's, a, it's an interview on the life of Bishop Athanasius Snyder. She did a wonderful job, and uh, she's a tremendous journalist. And she wrote this story, and I found it on... Um, it was posted on the Remnant TV, Michael Matt's program uh, and website. Um, and it's titled this, and I'm going to read it to you. Worse Than Death, that's the title. Worse Than Death, colon, a pandemic warning from Cardinals Seurat, Mueller, Zen, and Archbishop Vigano. All right, Worse Than Death, a pandemic warning from the four top men in the church. Cardinal Sarahi heads the entire congregation for worship and discipline of the sacraments. Cardinal Mueller, who was the head of the um, 
uh, Congregation of the Doctrine of the Faith, Cardinal Zen uh, from China, who has been writing left and right because he 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 believes that the Vatican utterly betrayed his people and they're being killed and their churches are being destroyed now. And Archbishop Vigano, who is yet in hiding, but he um, he has exposed an awful lot of what's been going on in the church. He is the past nuncio to the United States. And so the summary that's been written by Diane uh, Montagna from Rome is this. Cardinals Robert Seurat, Joseph Zen, Gerhard Mueller have joined with Archbishop Carlo Maria Vigano in launching an appeal to government leaders to respect people's inalienable inalienable rights and fundamental freedoms in light of the COVID-19 pandemic. All right, this is to um, government leaders, government leaders. All right. Um, And it is titled, An Appeal for the Church and the World. The three-page document, um, which I'll read to you in a minute, was released in six languages on Thursday. Um, That is yesterday, actually, at 7.30 Rome, uh, 7.30 a.m. Rome time. Bishop Athanasius Snyder of Astana, Pakistan, and Bishop Joseph Strickland of Tyler, Texas, have also put their names to the appeal together with an international group of bishops, and I added my name to it last night because we were invited to. The list of more than 80 signatories includes prelates, theologians, doctors, several from northern Italy, lawyers, journalists, and heads of associations. American signatories include Michael Matt, editor of The Remnant, Steve Mosher, a renowned expert on China and president of the Population Research Institute. The prelates call on the scientific community. Now, this is the purpose of this. The prelates call on the scientific community to provide real cures for COVID-19 and remind them that developing or using vaccines derived from aborted fetuses is morally unacceptable because, beloved, uh, that's already happened. It's happening now. They exhort government leaders, these four magnificent shepherds, exhort government leaders to ensure uh, that citizens are not controlled through contact tracking or other similar methods. And I'll, I'll just keep... Uh, interrupting here in case you uh, are not up on some of these things and I'm not up on all of them that um, uh, I forget where it is but that um, the government has said no more if you're in if you are in a place more than 10 minutes uh, the the business owners the churches uh, are to turn your name, address, and uh, ID, social security, whatever else, over to the government. Why they say? Why they say? How ridiculous is this? Uh, and I would say, how ignorant do they think we are? Uh, our complete ID is to be turned over to the government, um, including the names and addresses of all church members. 
um, in order, they say, to protect us. So that, for example, if I'm in a store, Walmart shopping anywhere, um, and they have my information, someone near me in the store, which I don't know at all, has COVID virus or symptoms, then they will track me down and um, quarantine me. Why? Because I was near someone that had COVID-19. And they now have my uh, name, address, social security number, everything else to be able to protect me. This is just control, manipulation. Um, I'm trying to think of the real word for it. It's worse than the Nazi camp. Someone said, yes, just yesterday, uh, even in the Nazi era, they didn't quarantine people who were healthy, and they didn't do what they're doing now. Um, And so uh, they say here, they exhort government leaders to ensure that citizens are not controlled through contact tracking or other similar methods, and they urge the media to provide accurate information by giving room to voices that are not aligned with a single way of thinking, in quotes. Voices that not are not aligned with a single way of thinking. In other words, um, give voice to those who are not part of this growing evil in the government. That's a translation. Um, as pastors... This I'm going on with the report. As pastors, they also reassert the authority of Catholic bishops to decide autonomously on all that concerns the celebration of Mass and the sacraments. They also claim absolute autonomy in matters falling within their immediate jurisdictions, such as liturgical norms and ways of administering communion and the sacraments. The state has no right to interfere for any reason whatsoever. No right, beloved. No right. It may have a reason on its end, but it has no right um, to interfere for any reason whatsoever in the sovereignty of the church, the prelates write, asking that restrictions on the celebration of public ceremonies be removed. Here below is the official English text of the appeal for the church and the world and the official list of signatories. Those who wish to sign the appeal are invited to visit, um, and the website is www.veritasliberabitvos.info, which will be available online from May 8th, which is today. So it's www.veritasliberabitvos.info. Uh, Veritas, V-E-R-I-T-A-S, Liberal, uh, L-I-B-E-R-A, Beatvos, B-I-T-V-O-S dot I-N-F-O. There's the music, beloved, uh, for our break. And as soon as we come back from the break, I will read this this document. Um, it is for the church and the world to Catholics and all people of goodwill. It's an appeal. And um, uh, every one of us needs to take this to heart and not give the government or bishops or priests powers that God has not given them. We'll be right back. 
Love learning more about the church, but confused or disheartened by the struggles we are facing today? Follow LifeSite News Catholic on Facebook, Twitter, or sign up for LifeSite Catholic emails and stay up to date on the constant stream of news about the Catholic Church. Our church is at a time of crisis, and we as laity have a responsibility and a duty to educate ourselves and stay true to the faith. LifeSite News Catholic is dedicated to keeping the laity informed and educated. To follow us, go to Facebook or Twitter and search LifeSite News Catholic. As Mother Miriam always says, we must live as if it were true. Join us here on the Station of the Cross for the Liturgy of the Hours at 5 a.m., 3 p.m., and 9.30 p.m. Eastern with the Office of Readings read at 3 o'clock. In the Gospel of St. Matthew, chapter 18, verse 20, Jesus tells us, Where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. The Liturgy of the Hours is also known as the Divine Office and is the daily prayer of the Church. So you know you'll be uniting your prayer with priests, religious, and laity throughout the world. It's comprised of small reflections, readings from sacred scripture, and writings from saints and theologians. To learn more about the Liturgy of the Hours, visit thestationofthecross.com. That's thestationofthecross.com. Pray with us each day at 5 a.m., 3 p.m., and 9.30 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. And we are about to read... Uh, the appeal for the church and the world to Catholics and all people of goodwill. Um, and it is written by Diane Montagna, and it um, is a, a pandemic warning from Cardinals um, Seurat, Mueller, Zen, and Archbishop Vigano. Um, Cardinals Robert Seurat, Joseph Zen, Gerhard Mueller, have joined with Archbishop Carlo Maria Vigano in launching an appeal to governmental leaders to respect people's inalienable rights and fundamental freedoms in light of the COVID-19 um, pandemic. Now, I'm going to read the appeal, and I signed it last night. They're inviting everyone to sign it. Um, and... Um, uh, I don't know what good this will do. I think the government probably won't be interested in this. But um, but at least it's stated. Uh, you know, the, the staying from Edward uh, Burke that the only um, uh, uh, thing needed for evil to advance is for good men to remain silent. Well, these are good men, and they are not remaining silent. They are speaking on our behalf, on behalf of the church. And it, it, 
There's a, a little quote on top. Veritas liberabit no vos. Veritas liberabit vos, which means the truth will set you free. It's from John chapter 8, verse 32. And it begins this way. In this time of great crisis, we pastors of the Catholic Church, by virtue of our mandate, consider it our sacred duty to make an appeal to our brothers in the episcopate, to the clergy, to religious, to the holy people of God, and to all men and women of goodwill. This appeal has also been undersigned by intellectuals, doctors, lawyers, journalists, and professionals who agree with its content and may be undersigned by those who wish to make it their own. The facts have shown that under the pretext of the COVID-19 epidemic, the inalienable rights of citizens have in many cases been violated and their fundamental freedoms, including the exercise of freedom of worship, expression, and movement, have been disproportionately and unjustifiably restricted. Public health must not and cannot become an alibi for infringing on the rights of millions of people around the world, let alone for depriving the civil authority of its duty to act wisely for the common good. This is particularly true as growing doubts emerge from several quarters about the actual contagiousness, danger, and resistance of the virus. Many authoritative voices in the world of science and medicine confirm that the media's alarmism about COVID-19 appears to be absolutely unjustified. Now, I'm going to stop to say this doesn't mean it's not contagious and dangerous and all of that, but the reports have been very, very exaggerated. This appeal goes on. We have reason to believe on the basis of official data on the incidence of the epidemic as related to the number of deaths that there are powers interested in creating panic among the world's population with the sole aim of permanently imposing unacceptable forms of restriction on freedoms, of controlling people, and of tracking their movements. It's already happening, beloved. Everyday news reports of these very things. The imposition of these illiberal measures is a disturbing prelude to the realization of a world government beyond all control. That's what they want, beloved. Someone peacefully sitting on a park bench uh, gets a police visit. Someone fishing all by themselves, lying on a beach all by themselves. It, it, it's it, crazy. It's obvious right now that the government has another agenda. This goes on. We also believe that in some situations, the containment measures that were adopted, including the closure of shops and businesses, have precipitated a crisis that has brought down entire sectors of the economy. This encourages interference by foreign powers and has serious social and political repercussions. Those with governmental responsibility must stop these forms of social engineering by taking measures to protect their citizens whom they represent and in whose interests they have a serious obligation to act. Likewise, let them help the family, the cell of society, 
by not unreasonably penalizing the weak and elderly, forcing them into a painful separation from their loved ones. Beloved, for me, this is this is already socialism. It's already socialism, communism, totalitarianism. This is unheard of in our country. It, it's all done in the name of the protection of health. Not so. The criminalization of personal and social relationships must likewise be judged as an unacceptable... Did you hear that? The criminalization of personal and social relationships must likewise, likewise be judged as unac- an unacceptable part of the plan of those who advocate isolating individuals in order to better manipulate and control them. Can you imagine uh, someone I know here, a beautiful deacon, his dad died yesterday, and he and the family were not allowed to see him. He was in a hospice. They were not allowed to see him. It is insane. This is not protection. This is insanity and control, um, uh, I think, which is demonic. We ask the scientific community to be vigilant so that cures for COVID-19 are offered in honesty for the common good. Every effort must be made to ensure that shady business interests do not influence the choices made by government leaders and international bodies. I think these four prelates are onto something. It is unreasonable to penalize those remedies that have proved to be effective and are often inexpensive just because one wishes to give priority to treatments or vaccines that are not as good, but which guarantee pharmaceutical companies far greater profits and exacerbate public health expenditures. Let us also remember as pastors that for Catholics, it is morally unacceptable to develop or use vaccines derived from material from aborted fetuses. Everything they've noted here has already been happening, beloved. They're not imagining what could happen in the future. They're coming against what is already happening. The appeal goes on. We also ask government leaders to ensure that forms of control over people, whether through tracking systems or any other form of location finding, are rigorously avoided. The fight against COVID-19, however serious, must not be the pretext for supporting the hidden intentions of supranational bodies, that's across the nations, that have very strong commercial and political interests in this plan. I, I repeat a statement that of Hillary Clinton, let's not waste this virus. In particular, they say, citizens must be given the opportunity to refuse these restrictions on personal freedom. I tell you why, we're not given that opportunity, not even by our pastors, not even by our local priests and shepherds. Communion on the tongue is denied. Um, so many, it's fine to say 10 people in a church at a time, but if it's a church that holds a thousand, that's ridiculous. And that people over 65 should not go because their system is compromised. No, no. Um, uh, people must be given, citizens must be given the opportunity to refuse these restrictions 
on personal freedom without any penalty whatsoever being imposed on those who do not wish to use the vaccines, contact tracking, or any other similar tool. I think you've probably, if you're up on the news at all, uh, you know that um, uh, um, Bates, is it Michael Bates? I can't think at the moment. Um, wants to develop a a vaccine and wants the lockdown to continue, even if it's another another two years, until every person in the world, that's about 7 billion people, is vaccinated. Can you imagine that? His vaccines have already uh, been proven to kill many, many people and many children in in poor nations. This is really insane. It is insane. Um, and even some governors who have given permission for states to open the churches, the bishops have not. The priests have not. They say it's going to take time to organize this, organize this and figure this out. I don't th- say they intentionally do wrong, but they have no right. They have no right to refuse anyone the sacraments. Uh, canonically, within the church and it's been i'm not giving you any opinion of mine uh i'm telling you what's been written by canon lawyers and prelates of the church um so i'll begin with that last sentence in particular citizens must be given the opportunity to refuse these restrictions on personal freedom without any penalty whatsoever being imposed on those who do not wish to use vaccines, contact tracking, or any other similar tool. Let us also consider the blatant contradiction of those who pursue policies of drastic population control and at the same time present themselves as the savior of humanity without any political or social legitimacy. Finally, the political responsibility of those who represent the people can in no way be left to experts, so-called experts, who can indeed claim a kind of immunity from prosecution, which is disturbing to say the least. Disturbing to say the least, because those uh, uh, with an evil, evil agenda, and they are so-called experts, they're immune from any uh, consequence. The appeal goes on from these good prelates. We strongly urge those in the media to commit themselves to providing accurate information and not penalizing dissent by resorting to forms of censorship, as is happening widely on social media, in the press and on television. Providing accurate information requires that room be given to voices that are not aligned with a single way of thinking. This, in other words, if you disagree with the government, you're in danger. This allows citizens to consciously assess the facts without being heavily influenced by partisan interventions. A democrat and honest, a democratic and honest debate is the best antidote to the risk of imposing subtle forms of dictatorship, presumably worse than those our society has seen rise and fall in the recent past. Beloved, there's our music for our first break. 
at, no, it's actually the second break. I'm so sorry. When we come back from the break, I'm going to take your calls, your emails, and your texts, and I'm going to finish this article. We're almost at the end. LifeSite News is an international news agency devoted to defending life and family and restoring Christian culture. We aim to educate and activate our readers with the information they need to fight the most crucial battles of our day in their churches, workplaces, and families. Our motto is Caritas in Veritate, love in truth. We firmly believe that promoting the truth is an act of love, however hard it is to hear. Over the last 20 years, we have built a reputation for uncompromising reporting, no matter the cost. LifeSite News is by far the most popular pro-life website on the internet, with over 40 million unique users every year and growing. Check us out at lifesitenews.com. And Father Jacek Mazur. Join us every Sunday morning. We'll be delving into the diary of St. Maria Faustina and discussing the topics important in your life. Whether you're wrestling with willpower or praying for patience, God uses the diary to speak to your struggles. So tune in for Divine Mercy in My Soul every Sunday morning at 11. And catch the encore presentation every Tuesday evening at 8. Jesu Ufam Tobie. Jesus, I trust in you. Are you ready for full-contact Catholicism? This is Jesse Romero from the Terry and Jesse Show. Each weekday, we're talking about the things that matter to Catholics. Spiritual warfare, Marian devotion, tradition, and staying strong in your faith in this culture of death. I hope you'll join us. Give us a call during the show at 888-526-2151. It's the Terry and Jesse Show. 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific. Heard around the world on the iCatholic Radio app. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved family. We have been reading on Mother Miriam Live um, a, uh, an appeal uh, that um, uh, is from four magnificent shepherds of the church, Cardinals Robert Seurat, Joseph Zen, Gerhard Mueller, um, and uh, who three, which three have joined with Archbishop Carlo Maria Vigano. Um, and uh, it is titled by its author, Diane Montagna, Worse Than Death. A pandemic warning from these um, from these four cardinals, and as many lives has the uh, COVID nineteen, the coronavirus has claimed. What the government is doing to quote unquote protect us uh, is worse than death. It is worse than death, and. Many church officials have simply cowered to them and given them a power they do not have. I'm going to take uh, the first part of our half hour together, beloved, to finish this appeal. It's very important. Finally, as pastors responsible for the flock of Christ, 
Excuse me a moment. I don't know what just happened. Okay, we're good. As pastors responsible for the flock of Christ, let us remember that the church, and and they're speaking to pastors, to bishops, to priests, I beg you, I beg you, dear bishops, dear priests, I, I, you may think I'm, who am I, who is she to read this stuff and claim it's for us, arrogant, ignorant, all of that. I know some of you have that attitude and I, I can't, I don't know how to help you with that. I don't know how to change that. I'm reading what I haven't written, but um, what the four top cardinals of the church have. Uh, Archbishop and three magnificent, solid uh, cardinals. Um, but it's speaking as pastors, reflock, are responsible for the flock of Christ and everything they write, I pray with all my heart, is uh, what you would agree with. What you would agree with because uh, the tr- control is coming down to us um, uh, from the government, perhaps, but it's not... Uh, it's not directly on us. It's to bishops and pastors. And no bishop and pastor has to obey the government, not in these matters. They have no control over us. And no bishop and no priest uh, has any right. Now, this is church canon law. I'm not correcting you myself. I'm saying what's been written from these same uh, prelates. No bishop, no pastor has any right for any reason to withhold the sacraments from the faithful or to open churches and demand that those over 65 don't go and that there is no communion on the tongue. One cardinal even came forth and said that he hopes at the end of this pandemic, communion on the tongue will be abolished altogether. Communion on the tongue is not an exception. It is the norm, and no one is to be refused. And it's been shown that it's healthier at this point, certainly more reverent, but healthier than communion in the hand during this pandemic. Let me finish this now. Finally, as pastors responsible for the flock of Christ, let us remember that the church firmly asserts her autonomy to govern, worship, and teach. This autonomy and freedom are an innate right um, that our Lord Jesus Christ has given her for the pursuit of her proper ends. For this reason, as pastors, we firmly assert the right to decide autonomously on the celebration of Mass and the sacraments, just as we claim absolute autonomy in matters of falling, matters falling within our immediate jurisdiction, such as liturgical norms and ways of administering communion and the sacraments. The state has no right to interfere for any reason whatsoever. This is not my words. I'm reading this. In the sovereignty of the church, the state has no right to interfere for any reason whatsoever in the sovereignty of the church. Ecclesiastical authorities have never refused to collaborate with the state, but such collaboration does not authorize civil authorities to impose any sort of ban 
or restriction on public worship or the exercise of priestly ministry. The rights of God and of the faithful are the supreme law of the church, which she neither intends to nor can abdicate. We ask that restrictions on the celebration of public ceremonies be removed. We should like to invite all people of goodwill. Oh, my, excuse me with that horrible loud hiccup. Hold on. We should not, we should like to invite all people of goodwill not to shirk their duty to cooperate for the common good, each according to his or her own state and possibilities and in a spirit of fraternal charity. The church desires such cooperation, but this cannot disregard either a respect for natural law or a guarantee of individual freedoms. The civil duties to which citizens are bound imply the state's recognition of their rights. We are all called to assess the current situation in a way consistent with the teaching of the gospel. This means taking a stand either with Christ or against Christ. Let us not be intimidated or frightened by those who would have us believe that we are a minority. Good is much more widespread and powerful than the world would have us believe. We are fighting against an invisible enemy that seeks to divide citizens, to separate children from their parents, grandchildren from their grandparents, the faithful from their pastors, students from teachers, and customers from vendors. Let us not allow centuries of Christian civilization to be erased under the pretext of a virus and an odious technological tyranny to be established in which nameless and faceless people can decide the fate of the world by confining us to a virtual reality. If this is the plan to which the powers of this earth intend to make us yield, know that Jesus Christ, King and Lord of history, has promised that the gates of hell shall not prevail. Let us entrust government leaders and all those who rule over the fate of nations to Almighty God, that he may enlighten and guide them in this time of great crisis. May they remember, just as the Lord will judge us as pastors for the flock which he has entrusted to us, so will he also judge government leaders for the peoples whom they have duty to defend and govern and govern. With faith, let us beseech the Lord to protect the church and the world. May the Blessed Virgin, help of Christians, crush the head of the ancient serpent and defeat the plans of the children of darkness. Signed on today, May 8th, Our Lady of the Rosary of Pompeii. This appeal, beloved, this document is on the Internet. You can look it up. You can look it up. And if you're listening and you're a bishop, a priest, or anyone of concern, religious, uh, you can sign the document as as I have. Um, I tell you, every time I see a video from a bishop um, or read a document from a bishop that says churches will be open as of the end of the month or the middle of the month, my heart sinks. It just sinks. They should be open now. Uh, they shouldn't be delayed. 
um, all the things that have to be put in place are, to me, excuse me, I'm just going to say it, insane. Um, people need to come to church with uh, wipies, with wiping cloths and wipe down everything before they enter the pew, wipe down everything when they leave. They can. They have the freedom to do that. But they shouldn't be told to do that. Um, anybody can come to church with wipies and do what they wish. And you can come in case the person who left didn't wipe down the pew. But this is not a mandate. And the worst thing, uh, two worst things is denying the elderly from coming to Mass, quote-unquote, for their good. It is not for their good. I will give you, I will hardly find an elderly person that who, who would not rather die, especially if they are in a weak condition, rather than not have the Eucharist, than not have viaticum, the last rites. I've not met one yet. This is tragic tragic to let people in hospitals die without last rites, without priests, without even family to see them. And the worst tragedy of all is to forbid communion on the tongue. Priests, bishops, no one has any right to forbid that. We are not suddenly popes, each one of us. And uh, and policemen who arrest people in playgrounds and take their children from them and all of that, they are setting themselves up as a police state. They're completely ignoring the law, completely ignoring the Constitution, because they say it's an emergency. No, it's not. No, it's not. And it's been shown that the COVID-19 virus has killed in New York, which has the highest number of cases and the highest deaths in New York, 0.5 of the people have died from COVID-19, half of 1%, where the normal flu each year is extremely much, much higher than that, much higher than that, more than twice that. We're being manipulated and we're, we're falling into the mindset of a Hillary Clinton who says, let's not waste this virus. And people have written, let's use the virus to once and for all destroy the family. We are, we're going, we're moving like sheep to the slaughter, like the Jews did in the Holocaust. In this, we are not to be obedient. We are not to contribute to the evil of our day, beloved. We are not. We are not. And so I beg, I mean, what are, what are people to do? I've had so many emails. My priest uh, is giving us communion, but he will not allow it on the tongue. He will not allow it. He'll only drop it into our hand. Drop it, not place it. Drop it into our hands. What do we do? Well, I wouldn't receive it. Maybe that's falling into their pleasure. But I'm not going to receive. I'm not going to have God put on my hands. I'm not going to do it. And people are choosing not to do it, which means they stay home and they have a uh, spiritual, personal, spiritual communion, which can be very effective. But, you know, a a communion, I said it yesterday, is now being distributed in baggies that you get from the supermarket, little baggies, Ziplocs with family names on them, matchboxes. I've heard about those too. I haven't heard about anything else. And families come by and grab a baggie 
grab a matchbox. That's what is being done with God. And I will propose that if it was never allowed to degrade the Eucharist, to dishonor God by having communion in the hand, if that debauchery never happened, I doubt that baggies would happen and matchboxes would happen and Eucharistic ministers would happen because the Eucharist has no business in any hand but the hand of a priest. Okay, there's the music for our our last break. We'll come back and we'll have a good 10 minutes and I will take your emails and I'll give you extra time tomorrow with questions. I'll, I'll, I took up three quarters of the program today with that appeal. I will um, take up three quarters of the program tomorrow answering your emails and calls and texts. We'll be right back. The lines are open. You're welcome to call in 1-877-511-5483 or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. We'll be right back. We stand at a crossroads in history. We can stand up for life, family, and a Christian culture, or we can stand idly by while the fabric of society becomes fundamentally anti-life, anti-family, and anti-Christian, slowly leading to its own demise. LifeSite News is the leading defender of life, family, and Christian culture. Through our news reporting, we seek to educate readers with information and zeal. They need to fight the most crucial battles of our day. And we need your help to continue that mission. You can support LifeSite News by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Another way to support LifeSite is to prayerfully consider becoming a Sustained Life monthly donor to help us continue to save lives in the culture. To donate, visit give.lifesitenews.com forward slash sustain life. Our staff of over 40 and millions of future generations thank you for helping to save the culture. Join us here on the Station of the Cross for the Liturgy of the Hours at 5 a.m., 3 p.m., and 9.30 p.m. Eastern with the Office of Readings read at 3 o'clock. In the Gospel of St. Matthew, chapter 18, verse 20, Jesus tells us where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. The Liturgy of the Hours is also known as the Divine Office and is the daily prayer of the Church. So you know you'll be uniting your prayer with priests, religious, and laity throughout the world. It's comprised of small reflections, readings from sacred scripture, and writings from saints and theologians. To learn more about the Liturgy of the Hours, visit thestationofthecross.com. That's thestationofthecross.com. Pray with us each day at 5 a.m., 3 p.m., and 9.30 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. 
Welcome back, beloved family. We have, oh, good 10 minutes. Isn't that terrific? <laughs> to take your calls, emails, and texts, but I promise you tomorrow I'll reverse it and spend 15 minutes on commentary and then take your calls uh, for 45 minutes. So we'll do some catching up. We have a call on the line from Kurt from Boston. Hello, my friend. How are you? I'm terrific. How are you? I'm doing well. You know, you talk about communion on the tongue. I went to confession two weeks ago, and I was told that it was suspended and all this. And I, I got in a polite conversation. You know me, Mother. And the priest said, oh, no, they're both the same. So I let it go. I got I got absolved of my sin. But anyway, I looked it up, and I do have, under Canaan Law, through Mary Carese, I got from Dan Burke, um, concerning canon law made easy and, I, and I've got the statement where no bishop, no priest no cardinal can refuse communion on the tongue and I also got another one emphasizing the same thing but I also was talking to a, um, a, a, a traditional order St. Benedict Center and I know Brother Matthew and he was and I said you know something the Eastern Rite puts a spoon I go, maybe I'll just take a spoon to Mass. You can put it on the spoon, and I'll put it in my own mouth. You don't want to do that. You know, that's a good idea. It's not a good idea. Because when communion is served in the Eastern Rite on the tongue through a spoon, it's in tinction. And so it's a tiny square piece of bread. It's not unleavened bread tiny square piece of bread that has been dipped in the precious blood. And so the spoon, the priest takes it out, and your mouth is not just open with your tongue out. Your mouth, you you put your head back so he could actually drop that into your mouth. You don't want to do that with a a flat uh, host. It it will fall, there'll be crumbs, there'll be all kinds of accidents. You You don't want to do that. Okay, so I understand, uh, Mother, that um, I, I did see on social media because I was ready to do this letter. And before I did it, I saw something pop up on my Facebook page. It said, U.S. bishops now say you can receive on the tongue. There right. is no immediate threat because of the lysozine that's in the saliva that kills any germs. In fact, they say it's more contagious on the hand. That's exactly right. So my question is, so they've lifted that restriction, correct? Well, they should never have put it on. But now that it's lifted, bishops are not going along with it. Not all bishops, right? Right. So it is lifted. So if I have somebody, especially my priest, say, oh, no, uh, I said, listen, this has been lifted. Right. When they don't do it, basically they're going against the order of the U.S. Council of Bishops, correct? Well, they are, but the USCCB uh, it doesn't have authority over bishops and priests. It's it's uh, uh, they don't have authority. They don't come under their authority. Uh, it's an organization to organize and to help things, but they, it, it's not an authoritative body. And so um, if they take the authority and lift the restrictions, that's fine. But um, no one has any power to put those restrictions on anybody. 
right, so my question is, is, so my question is, is this, when I can say the U.S. bishops have now lifted the order, if I have a problem in the Archdiocese of Boston, I'm going to say, look, you lifted this order yourself. So let's lift this and let's stop with this nonsense because that's what it is. And I mean, I can go into it further because everybody thinks they're a priest because of the quote, the ministerial priesthood. I says it separates with holy orders. That's why you are taking away really the holy orders of the priest by receiving in the hand, even though it's permitted. I understand that. But just because it's permitted doesn't make it so. The sin is on them. The greatest sin is our Lord. I know. I agree. You know. So I, agree, I will Kurt. go to mass. I will go, I will go to mass and receive spiritual communion. That's the only thing I can do. I know. But is it still is it still charitable to call out my priest with this letter and a bishop and then the cardinal? Would that be the right way to do it? With which letter that you were refused on the tongue? Yeah, that that states you cannot refuse anybody on the yeah. tongue. Yeah, it's not a matter of being charitable. Um, it's not uncharitable. Watch your language, watch your attitude. But um, no, uh, we can't turn this into a matter of controlling and manipulating the sheep and priests and bishops not living up to their calling. My, my, my second part of this question is, is, if I refuse communion in the hand, am I refusing my Lord? Yes, you are, in a way that you think you cannot receive him and that it was not intended him to be received. So you are receiving him. It's still your Lord. It's still Christ. But you have a right to receive him on your hand. You have that right. And to receive spiritual communion instead. Yes, it doesn't become not Christ if you receive him. He's not Christ on the tongue, and and he he's negated on the hand. No, it's still Christ on the hand. That's the that's the whole point. It's a it's a it's a total disrespect for God. Mother, I I, I didn't mean that it's not him in the hand. I meant, am I doing by not receiving him in the hand? Am I refusing Jesus? No, you're not. You are not refusing Jesus. Um, in the way you're asking the question, you are refusing to dishonor him. You are diffusing, refusing the, the debauchery and the degradation that has been perpetrated on the church by its own prelates and bishops and by accepting the, the power of the government. The government doesn't talk about tongue or hand. The government has nothing to do with that. That's all happened within the church. And so you're refusing to degrade God, you're refusing debauchery, you're refusing to accept uh, the total, um, I don't know, I even know what words to use, uh, uh, desecration of our Lord. But to receive him spiritually in that case uh, can be, with a heart such as yours, Kurt, could be much more effective. Okay, mother. What about, I, I've told my grandson how to receive. I've told my wife how to receive. I cannot bend their will. Right. Okay. If, if, they, if they go up and receive in their hand, right. I've done my part, correct? You have, you have sweetheart. You have. You can't force anybody. 
You can't force people to love God. You can't force people to know who he is, to know who we are as a creature next to him. You can't force that on people. You can't force faith and love and reverence. You can't force that. They, they, they need to do, have the freedom to do what they are going to do, just as, as you do. And you do the best you can, and then you pray for them and leave them with God. Okay, that's that's what I try to do. I try to I know do that it, with Kurt. everybody. In fact, I know you well oh, enough oh, through this radio program. Now I know you try to do that, <laughs> sweetheart. There's okay. one more thing. <clears throat> All right, thing. we're coming there's up against. Of mine. There's an ending music oh. there. There's the oh, ending there music. You go. You've got it. Go. You've got ten seconds. Go ahead. <clears throat> A lady on my street is an evangelical. I told her about you. She goes, oh, I don't believe in transubstantiation. I just wish we were all Christian. I says, well, we would be if we didn't have 35,000 different denominations. That's right. I says, our Lord is present through his words. I says, our Lord held, him, held his own body in his own hands on that first Thursday night. Yeah, you got it. Okay, okay. keep preaching Thanks. it, dear brother. We love you. God bless you, dear. All my best. Keep me. In I your know you are. I know. God bless you, and everyone. We will speak with you tomorrow. Oh, it's Friday, so Monday, and I promise you, I'm going to catch up on a ton of calls and emails on Monday. I promise you that. Have a beautiful weekend, beloved. God bless you. <laughs>